0: Welcome to the Foreigners and Fathers podcast, where two nerdy parents take on the quest of parenthood. This is a podcast where we will share and compare our experiences when it comes to life as immigrants, new parents, and some other things in between.
1: Today, episode 2 on the quest for arrival.
0: I think I should start by recapping what we went over last time. So, uh, last time we were talking more about our quest for departure. Uh, So we went over a little bit of our personal history, uh, why we decided to immigrate and why we decided to come to the UK specifically. Um, Today's episode is more about uh, our quest for arrival, uh, how we um, came to be in the UK, how it was preparing to get here and how it was when we actually got here. Um, So I think the best thing to do here um, is uh, i think i'll just mention very very briefly what i did it was very very simple i had a flight from british airways from lisbon um, to uh, heathrow um, and uh, it was me and my girlfriend uh, at the time and we uh, had two um, suitcases large suitcases to come here each of us had our own and uh, we just went uh, on a plane with them Um, uh, how was your experience? Well, mine was
1: I first had to go to the airport obviously, and as I said previously, I didn't arrive straight, I arrived well, <laughs> I arrived straight to Paris and oh, yeah, then that's right I came over here but it was still um, something like an 18 hour flight, or 14 hours flight something like that, so it was kind of long, and I came over with just two suitcases and two backpacks and that's basically it but then from paris to here it was a little bit stressful because i arrived in heathrow and then i have to take the underground uh, to go to victoria and uh, the thing is i already printed my train ticket from Mm -hmm. mexico so i had to go to a, to an office that i didn't know which office was to tell them what about the like to exchange that piece of paper from an actual train ticket and it was really weird i remember walking by and running to two two girls and i was like oh hey hello sorry foreigner here i need assistance uh, i don't know how to get on the train so they were like where are you going i'm like brighton and they were like oh the train is about to leave so we ran Uh, To that office and I was like, oh, thank you. And they're like, yeah, enjoy your stay. And I remember even saying well If everyone is as helpful as you then I'm set and they were like really happy about it And I found it weird because I'm like everyone is friendly like that, but not here Uh, So I grabbed the train I arrived all the way to Brighton and then I have to walk from Brighton station to my hostel, which I didn't know where it was And that was another shock because I remember asking people that, do you know this hostel? And everyone was like, well, no, but let me Google it. And everyone had a smartphone. And when I back when I arrived, not everyone in Mexico had a smartphone or an internet that you could use all all that easily. So everyone was like, yeah, let me just Google it. And it's I don't know, it's one of those things that it was a little bit of a a culture shock seeing how everyone was able to use the internet at the disposal so easily. Um, Uh,
0: But let me ask you this then, because let's go back a little bit, because you said you arrived in Paris and obviously you didn't come straight from Paris to London, or did you? Because you said that you spent some time in Paris before.
1: Yeah, so I arrived from Mexico to Paris and I spent a week there. Um, I was initially going to spend only like four days and then I was going to go to Spain to try to get my um nationality card which you can only do it if you're in spain i don't know why but i don't remember exactly what happened but i remember telling my mom look it's not worth it me going to spain it's going to be a whole mess i'd rather just stay another two days here and then going straight to london and my mom was like yeah sure i mean you you already have the the tickets and everything so yeah and then that's when i arrived here when I arrived to Heathrow, and it was the whole ordeal of how do I get from Heathrow to Victoria, you
0: know. Right, and and when you arrived in the UK, did you did you go straight to Brighton then? Did you not spend any time in London or anything like that? You you just came here and you were like, oh, yeah, straight to Brighton.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I arrived uh, here, and again, I actually arrived with a very short time. I arrived in Heathrow and I had to run. To uh, be able to get the train that will take me to Brighton. And again, if it wasn't for those two very helpful ladies, I wouldn't have made... Well, I said ladies. They were like 14-year-old girls. <laughs> but if it wasn't for them, I would have lost my train. And I know you can get another one. But it... again, I didn't know... at that moment, I didn't know. And especially because the ticket was pre-printed like four months ago. I didn't know how it worked. So I had to go to that office, which I... to this day I don't remember what the name of that office is I don't know what it was I just remember arriving to Victoria and going there and getting my train ticket like I showed them the printing thing my printed document and they were like yeah okay this is valid for a train ticket and then they gave me the classic orange train ticket and that's the one I got to Brighton
0: so do you think that you'd still be in Victoria if those two girls hadn't helped you
1: yeah probably I would be a, a hobo there just living in Victoria with my metal mug just asking for a spare change (laughs)
0: yeah i remember i remember when i was coming here um, surprisingly because i guess i'm a bit of a digital hoarder in a sense and uh, I still have a lot of my emails from back from that time uh, when I was coming here and everything so I still really? have access yeah yeah I still have access to um, a lot of the uh, the digital receipts like for the hostel and for the flight and everything so I actually managed to, to find that and um, I think it was I paid at the time to come here 164 euros uh, for the for the uh, uh, plane ticket which to be honest considering that it, it includes the, uh, the, the the suitcase and everything it, it, it's not the whole the luggage it, it's not that bad and uh, especially uh, for being what nine years ago yeah it wasn't too bad and I think that in general plane tickets haven't increased um, that much but uh, so I didn't spend any time in Paris um, uh, but I did spend <laughs> one night in London um so what so so obviously you weren't in london but when i when i was in london let me let me think i i remember i remember he, he, here's my first impressions right so when i was in london and you'll tell me your impressions when you were in brighton which i'm sure will be interesting i'm also curious keep this in mind because i'm also curious at what sort of time you arrived i arrived It was, i think it was like early morning and same yeah yeah and we went and we went to to um to to the hostel um, uh, to the hostel in London but my first impressions and what I remember is that um, I saw London as a, a very large, fresh clean city and very very different and I'm aware that that's not the case in everywhere in London probably if we've got some people listening in and they'll they'll be like you know I've been I've been to places in London that are dirtier than you can believe and I'm sure there are but my first impression as as a tourist especially as a tourist at that time it was that it was very fresh clean and different even to the point and this is something that baffles me because it was really clean if, despite the fact that there weren't any rubbish bins anywhere pretty much i remember uh, eating something uh, like uh, just a meal deal from any place and i remember going around and going like where can i put this rubbish like i just don't see anywhere i was like how can it be so clean if i can't find any pla- uh, any place to to put this in um yeah but there I, are no bins. yeah Yes, and, and so I remember walking around London, so we only uh, we only um, had a couple, uh, we only had one night, it was in one of those hostels, I think we, that we had like 14 people in the room, um, that kind of stuff that you do, especially when you're younger and even sometimes when you're a bit older, but we had like 14 people in the room, it was a mixed dorm room. Um, and I really liked it. It was very different from what I had seen before and I, I quite enjoyed it I still really like London to this day um, I know that some people give it a bad rap, but I really do like um, London to be honest um, so What I remember as well is that you know, I, I stayed in London. It was a hostel and uh, um, It was called St. Christopher's Um funnily enough it is still open Um, And at the time when I paid it, we paid uh, £20 per night, per person, I think. And nowadays it's £26. So not too bad in terms of inflation. And it was close to uh, London Bridge. Um, and as i said it is still open and i remember that it was just one day and on the next day we came um, we took the train and we came to brighton as well so what i'm curious to hear from your side is what was your impression of of uh, brighton when you were on the train and i'll just explain why because from my perspective when we were coming on the train i remember just getting to brighton like brighton was the next stop and i remember seeing the views from the train and i think it was like kind of Uh, Cloudy and rainy as it often gets here and it was just like really gloomy and dark and I didn't really like the views I was like, where where the the hell are we getting into ourselves because it it just looked really really unappealing. and Don't worry. I did change my mind and I love Brighton absolutely love Brighton But that first impression was like really really strange How how was it for you when you when you were getting to Brighton? What were your first impressions when you got to the UK?
1: I'll tell you in a second but first because i wanted to ask something but i didn't want to cut you off because you sure. talked about your your impressions of london so it was that the first time you've been in london like you've never been in london before
0: i hadn't no um no my partner my partner had been in london before she had um she had been two or three years before with her brothers and funnily enough um, I remember that when she was she had been here before she basically walked the entire time so when we got there and we just spent that for that first uh night in london um and then we were walking around and she basically knew everywhere she knew how to get in london uh to any any place in london and she still does to this day just based on her first trip which was um before we were uh, together uh, but yeah that was my first time in london had you been in london before
1: yeah, actually, I had. I've been to London and Paris before, uh, like oh, fi-
0: okay.
1: like five years prior. Yeah, we we came on a holiday, and we went precisely to. We went to Paris, then London, then Liz- Disney France. So I've been in all in like, all places. I said like it was only two cities, but I've been in both cities once prior. So you, someone living in Europe, I was surprised that it was your first time in in London. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember, actually, I have a a funny anecdote of London, because just before the first time I came, I was getting really into Pendulum, the drum and bass band. Oh, yeah. And I remember that my favorite song, it's called Blood Sugar, and at the beginning, they have the person that does the announcement on the London tube, say, the intro for the song, or at least the voice sounds very similar. So I I remember when I got here, yeah, I remember when I got here, I heard someone, like, making an announcement, and my immediate thought was, the, are they gonna play like Pendulum on the on the subway? Cause that that would be awesome. <laughs> and no, uh, it was just a guy saying, mind the gap. But yeah, I, I remember I was really uh, surprised. Also, there was this lady, and I was amazed. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this is definitely London. Cause there was this lady that was wearing like a big, big like coat, but it was made of entirely yellow feathers. And I remember looking at her. And I wasn't, like, young. I, I mean, I was, but I wasn't a kid. I was, like, 21, I guess. And I remember looking at her, and my mom was with me, and my niece, obviously. And my instinct was just to say, what? And my mom was like, shut the hell up. Don't be rude. I was <laughs> like, sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Stories uh, from the two, right? Eh? Yeah, But, yeah, so that that was the first time. But, uh, so when I arrived here, I already knew London. I said I knew it. I obviously didn't know anything, but i already been here. That's what I mean. But when I arrived in Brighton, I remember getting off the train station and seeing... Well, sorry, getting off the train and seeing the train station. And for anyone who has seen Brighton train station, it's actually quite pretty. It's a little bit damaged, but it is quite pretty. Like, it looks very, like, Victorian, I would say. I don't know exactly the the architecture, but it is old-fashioned, and it is... Semi well preserved. So I was like, "This is a really pretty place." And then I walked out and I saw the seagulls, and I didn't know at that time what Brighton seagulls were. Why? Why? Uh, blah, what Brighton seagulls were in terms of uh, how violent they are? I, I just saw them. And I'm like, "Oh, cool! They're like they're not intimidated by humans, and they're huge." Because we have seagulls in Mexico, but not like Brighton seagulls. Those things are mutants. They're the size of small dogs. Uh, also, the single side, you all eat fish, and these ones were eating like ham and pieces of burger, and I'm like, wow. Um, and, but I like it. I, my first impression, though, was this place is very hilly. Because, again, I didn't know what bus to take, so I just walked all the way from <laughs> the train station to my hostel, which is basically at the border between Brighton and Hove. So it was quite Indeed. the walk. Yeah, which is quite. Actually, I think it's already in the beginnings of Hove. So it's quite the walk to do with two massive, uh, well, not massive, but two big suitcases and two mm. backpacks uh, straight from the plane through the underground to then walk all of that. So I was like, ah! So my first impression is, like, this place is full of hills. Like, why is it not flat? I, I, it's supposed to be on sea level. I, I don't like this. Uh, that <laughs> was my first impression of Brighton. But once I was here, I liked it a lot. It's, it's, it's filled very... I don't know how, if this is a word so maybe i'm inventing it but carnivalesque like a carnival because i remember the, oh, my yeah. first night i just left my suitcases in the room and i went out for a walk and the pier was fully illuminated and i passed through oaxaca the mexican restaurant and it had like these neon lights and the lanes were covered in lights and pubs so i remember thinking oh, it's like i'm in a, a carnival it even had like the Ferris wheel. Well, there's no Ferris wheel, but that little thingy they have on the pier. So I quite liked it a lot. That that was my my first impression of Brighton, and I remember smelling the sea, because obviously I was in the seafront. So I was like, oh, it smells like salt a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I really liked it as well. So so y- you stayed you stayed in that hostel, and um, how, how long were you there for?
1: I think, if I remember correctly, I was two weeks there. I was supposed to be one, and then I remember messaging my mom like, I haven't found a place, I need help, and my mom was like, well, pay another week, and we'll figure it out, and actually, it's a nice segue that you cut into it, because it was a decent hostel, but the majority of guests were not foreigners like me, were people that used the hostel as a semi- homeless shelter so there are people that works yeah i was really surprised that there were a lot of people that lived in the hostel so much that the hostel had a sign that says we can only rent you for like three days obviously no one respected it but everyone knew each other it was full of characters everyone knew each other and they always talk about it and they met a certain time in the common room to watch tv and they went to work and came back at the hostel so they, they were using it as a, a, a shelter, basically. I mean, they were paying rent, but it was, I guess for some reason they couldn't make accommodation, so they were living in the hostel. One, I remember I met a friend there, and he, he has uh, Asperger's, so for him it was easier to just go do his, his job that wasn't so well paid, come back and just keep topping up his account, basically. And I think he still lives in the hostel. And bear in mind that I've been here almost six years now.
0: Oh, he's so. serious. So, I mean, you yeah. ever met with him before, uh, after that.
1: Yeah, no, we didn't stay in touch for certain reasons. But I have seen him. And I'm like, hey, you're still there? And he's like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm still there. And it's not like he even has a room for his own. He has, uh, sh- like, he shared rooms. And I actually remember changing rooms. Because the first room I stayed... I don't know if it's every hostel or just that one. Man, it stank. Like, there was someone in there that... Yeah, I don't know if he never had a shower or he has a disease, but he used to take his shoes off, his work boots, and I couldn't sleep, man. I was gagging. Like, it was that bad. So I had to be like, yo, I'm going to pay a little bit more, but move me to a room that only has four people instead of 16 because I cannot do this. And... Therefore, I realized that I actually was running out of money. <laughs> and you were running so out of money because thing. of staying
0: at the hostel.
1: Yeah, and because of the food too, because I was going, for example, to like Starbucks to get a coffee and, and be able to like use the internet, which is dumb because the hostel has internet, but I wanted to get out. I didn't want that hostel, don't get me wrong, it, it literally was my support, but it wasn't very nice. Not the hostel itself and not the staff. It's just, I guess, for some reason, it was depressing. Uh, Seeing all of those people using it as a place to live and for example this guy he was younger than me and I'm like what do you want to get like a better job and and move out and obviously everyone has their life circumstances but I guess as someone arriving and wanted to start making a living I didn't want to get in that attitude you know I did want to get out and I did want to find a good job that allowed me to find a, a place to rent and I didn't want to live in a a hostile so no i know I, what you mean
0: i know what you mean it, it was basically like a pit wasn't it and you didn't want it to be a pit like just yeah.
1: exactly i'm not judging them they have their own reasons for doing what they're doing and if they're sure. happy hey you do you boo boo but i didn't want to get like you said sucked into that like black hole of contempt and yeah this is where you are that's it just be happy with what you have
0: yeah no exactly it seems uh, funnily enough it seems like it was a fairly uh, similar experience uh, to mine and i don't know if we are just i don't know if it's just a coincidence or if in fact it is the majority of the experiences of people when they move over to a different country and or in this case to the uk but a lot of the experiences that you're having are very very close to my experiences that i had as well because when i got here to uh, brighton uh, we also stayed in a hostel um which was called journeys and this hostel was um close to the uh, the saint peter's church in brighton and it then uh, it closed since and it then became a pub and i think at the moment it is closed and waiting for new ownership um so i'm not sure what's going on with it but it hasn't been a hostel for long but anyway the point of it is that uh we stayed in uh, in journeys uh, we said i think one week or two i i found some of the emails at around that time i know that we at least stayed initially for six nights and uh, for those six nights for both me and my girlfriend it was 190 pounds um so you know not not horrible at all but we were staying in an 18 bed accommodation and uh, what I remember I remember that we had like on the uh, basement they had like these cages and locks where you could put your suitcases so no one would take anything from it um, I remember just you know sharing that 18 bed uh, 18 uh, bed bedroom and um, uh, uh, and it was just it's just this odd experience living in a hostel isn't it? And I remember even uh, we had these like... Um, uh, convenience uh, store in front of it uh, that is still active it's like 24 hours something and uh, i remember just like eating like soup from from the shop just getting some soup in like a can or soup in a in a in a cup and just warming it up and eating that in in the hostel and everything just it's you know sometimes i don't know if the same thing happens to you but sometimes I, i look back and i was like wow that was kind of crazy
1: yeah no definitely like i saw it and i remember thinking in my brain i'm happy i did it the moment i did it because if i took two three years more i wouldn't be able to do it like that is an experience that you need to have when you're semi-young again bear in mind that i arrived here about six years and i'm 35 now so i was 29 i think that was already bordering on the edge of you cannot do that because it's basically starting from zero you know and again, I, mean, I don't want to it. put anyone into a mood of f- I'm too late. Everyone has their own rhythms. I'm just talking to me. All my life, I thought that those were experiences that you were supposed to have when you were starting to be an adult, around 21, 23. Not what you're already supposed to be settling in. So for me, it was like, holy moly, that was proper crazy. And yeah, I remember also that I have the disadvantage of going from Mexican pesos to British pounds. So that's at true. the time, I think it was that's 25 true. to it was twenty-five to 1. So I really was in the mood of either I get a job now or I'm actually going to starve. So I, I, my full time was just, I didn't have time to, I, maybe that's why I don't have that much of a quote unquote first impression of Brighton because I didn't have a time to be a tourist. As soon as I arrived, I was crazy looking for a job. And then as soon as I got a job, I remember thinking, how the hell do I get a home? And someone said, go to spareroom.com. No, not sponsored, um, but it would be cool if they do. <laughs> and I remember going to SpareRoom.com and seeing some houses, and I went to one, and ah, oh, this is probably for another episode, but I remember arriving, and the person who was leaving my room was still there, and I asked them, so why are you leaving to gauge the situation, right? And they were like, oh, no, just, I'm leaving because I found another place, blah, 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 blah. But I actually became semi-close friends with that person. Then we again we lost touch because different uh, paths of life. But at the moment we kind of were friends because we had similar tastes. So after he left, like two months later, he was like, "Yeah, so how are you finding it?" I'm like, "Man, everyone is crazy," and he was like, "Yeah, sorry, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to like stop them from but, finding what? another tenant." But that's where I was going, man. <laughs>
0: What, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean? I think I need a bit more context to that. So when well, you say to that start off, were I think young. it is appropriate to talk about it like that. So so let us go back a little bit. Let's rewind a little bit. So you stayed in a hostel for a week or two, and then yeah. you had to find a room. Now we'll talk about jobs in a separate episode. But did you find a job before you found the room, or did you find a room before?
1: No, I found them um, I found the job. And then as right. soon as i got the job i found the room so but so i did these, i did so th- work from the hostel like two days uh, oh, before, right. after
0: moved. and okay, actually so, i
1: remember they were crazy and everything but they did me a solid because i told them look my my hostel stay is uh, that my roommates because oh roommates. Went to spare, yeah my i won't mention names but there were some so i i rented a, a spare room in the spare room.com i found some roommates and I went an interview, and I was like, okay, so this is my situation. How are you? And they were like, yeah, this is blah, blah, blah. And I liked it. And obviously, not only did I like it, I was desperate for a place. So I was like, look, my hostel stay is ending in, like, three days. But you say you don't clear the room until, like, a week. Would you mind if I crash in the living room? I don't mind. But otherwise, I don't have a place to stay. And they were like, yeah, sure, that that's fine. That's why I, that's why I meant the one... the. the person i was a replacement for in the host in the uh, share house basically
0: because were, were still there for two months there.
1: not two months two weeks
0: two weeks right i see yeah so you you were still there and it was two weeks and uh, so so you then ended up reaching the conclusion that your roommates were a bit crazy is that what you mean not They're, the one uh, that you yeah, became didn't, friends with but i not
1: to it. insult them because obviously they they are again they have their own paths of life but of course I can just say that they were in a completely different wavelength than me. I was quite older in comparison. They were all 20-somethings, just finishing uni, getting into some decent jobs, actually. But this was the first time that they had money, and they were all sharing accommodations. And they they always wanted to party and go out. And I'm, you know me. I'm a nerd. I don't go out. I stay at home and watch TV or play video games. But they were like, yeah, let's <laughs> right, go okay. out. Let's go to Revenge, and let's go to this, and maybe we can tried to hook you up. They were also tr- always trying to get me to hook up, and I was like, no, I'm, I'm fine, chill. Uh, but there was a lot of drama in the house. Like, what,
0: Ho- hook up with them or with someone else?
1: Not exactly like <laughs> that, but it's like this guy, his boyfriend was staying there pretty much 24-7, and right. we were all like, yo, like he is living here. Why is he not helping with rent? And he was like, well, because he's not living here. And I'm like, he even has keys. He is living here. What do you want about like you're saying that the rent is divided between us like that kind of drama and also like oh who hasn't washed the dishes it was pretty much an mtv house basically like one of those reality mtv's let's see what happens when people stop being polite and stop getting real this is the real house mtv i aged myself <laughs> with that reference in some way, if <laughs> anyone gets it but but it was pretty much that like it was a house of young people uh not bachelors, but still, with their couples, and it was the drama. Some, I remember once something also broke, and they were like, oh, we're all going to have to chip in and repair it. I'm like, why? I didn't, like, break it. And they're like, yeah, 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 but it's going to be more expensive if if it comes out of her deposit. I'm like, well, that's what the deposit is for. And then where I was leaving, I remember there was this whole drama about the deposit, and I actually remember thinking that the, the lead tenant wasn't handling the stuff completely above the water it was there was some shady stuff but that's just speculation i never managed to confirm it but yeah i I wasn't very happy in that situation especially at the end because so so how long
0: did you stay there
1: only like a month
0: oh okay Really? Yeah. On Sparrow, and they allowed you to just be there on month. I I guess like it's more flexible. Well, they didn't
1: allow me, but I didn't even have a contract. That's the thing. Like I remember telling them, "Yo, I need you to put me in the council because I need, like, I don't remember why, but I needed the document to be that I wasn't the council paying council tax." And they just gave me this weird thing, like I didn't have a contract or anything. And actually, now that I remember, I, I don't know if I remember correctly anymore or not, but I think the main tenant was going and they said, oh, you know what? I think the owner doesn't want to rent the place anymore. So that's why we're leaving. But again, I'm starting to suspect that maybe the lead tenant was the owner. I don't know. I, there was something shady going on there, but I, was, I wasn't I was given any contract. So I was just like, yeah, I'm outing. Bye.
0: Yeah, clearly that was very, very strange. Um, Yeah, I remember, I remember, so... so it, well, not that similar in this in this case, and I think I did have a massive advantage. And again, kudos to you uh, because you did it all on your own. Because I did have a massive advantage in the sense that I uh, I was with my girlfriend, and so uh, what we were looking for is we were looking for a shared uh, double bedroom, mm-hmm. and uh, um, so or you know just just something that we could go for. And we had a week or two to find find it and I remember just taking a bike and um, well you know cycling around to to uh, view different properties that we could stay in etc etc and and it was really really hard because obviously we didn't have a job and we didn't have um, so we we didn't have a job and we didn't have uh, any any proof of residence or anything like that so it was quite hard we couldn't really go to any estate agents and go okay well can, you, uh, can, can we go into this um, um, flat or anything like that because we didn't have any proof of income so we did not need to find a room like you did um, but what we ended up finding and I can't remember how we found it I think we put another on, on Gumtree or something or we found another Gumtree I don't think it was a spare room but anyway the point was that we found this uh, place in Southwick um which was as you can imagine quite far from from brighton at least from the perspective of someone that doesn't have a car or you know anything um so we found this place in southwick and this was again nine years ago and it was a 600 pounds shared double bedroom um which you know double bedroom it was quite nice but 600 pounds just for a bedroom that we shared in a house with the the landlord so and like so years she
1: go yeah she was ripping you off badly man
0: yeah yeah yeah, exactly so nine years ago 600 pounds just for a shared double bedroom like don't get me wrong the house was really nice and she took care of it and uh, and it was quite big and we had access to the entire house however it's always a bit more awkward when you live with the landlord isn't it Uh, because you just don't feel as comfortable even if you're the best tenant even if she's the best landlord um you're never quite as comfortable you're never quite as comfortable because it's it's just like you're living with the owner of the house uh, but we did have access to it it was a really nice place it was a really nice house but yeah nine years ago 600 pounds was quite expensive and there was also someone there because she had three bedrooms and there was someone else renting the single bedroom and we did have a contract uh, so nothing really special and she did take us in um she was a little bit strange um we never really found out what she did, but she had basically a couple of different businesses. She, um, she had a shop online that sold, uh, like, uh, boots. Um, and she, uh, she sold some accessories as well, and she sold, like, little lights to put on the dog's, uh, dog's leads. Uh, as well um, that that she sold on that website, uh, but then the other thing that was a little bit weird was that um, I think on weekends and stuff she uh, she went to London um, to and she said that she was going to London to dance, uh, which essentially means that she was uh, a stripper, basically. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and th- th- that's what we suspect at least. Obviously, she never told us. Oh, by the way, I'm a stripper. Uh, but we suspect that she she was because she said that she was going to London. She was always going at night, and uh, well, I mean, at least a stripper, if you know what I mean. But um, she was always going at night, and she uh, she said that she was going there, and she was going to dance and everything. She
1: always <laughs> had singles, and I don't mean people. I mean paying in singles, like one pound, one pound, two pounds, <laughs> three
0: pounds. <laughs> no, 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 not quite that, not quite that, but. Um, but yeah, she was she was okay. She was a little bit weird. We couldn't have lasted there long. We stayed there for only a couple of months. Uh, I think it was like we started in like October. Oh, yeah, we started in October and we stayed until the end of the year. So we stayed there for three months. And uh, yeah, it was a little bit weird. Like I remember one of the things that she uh, that she had was that she she kind of one time she got in our cases because we had like to clean different things in the house we all shared like cleaning duties and everything even though we were only paying for the room but you know that was the major
1: drama i had it's uh it's exact same thing i mean everyone had their yeah everyone had their drama of like again who is living here if they're not because everyone brought the couples but yeah you finish your story and then i'll tell you the the finish of mine and then i just want to switch topics to uh, culture shocks before we finish but yeah just just tell me finish your story
0: yeah so so i remember that like she i remember that she got in our cases because we didn't clean the door handles what? and it just felt like what are you even talking about and it was just like she, she wanted us to clean the door handles and it was really really what? strange because like i don't clean you know who who cleans their door handles aren't the door handles like brass or something that they are like? Uh, an antibacterial anyway uh, in their own right and it was just really really strange and she had like these two little dogs and sometimes she asked us to walk the dogs and everything which was fine we were living there it wasn't an issue and the dogs were you know nice enough um, but yeah she was she was a little bit strange but uh, you were going to say about your story
1: yeah basically my major gripe was that they were always like oh well you need to clean the kitchen and I always said I don't cook here I eat outside. Why am I keep, like, cleaning the kitchen? My room is the tiniest room of all. I'm never in the living room. You always have your friends in the living room and doing whatever. I spend my time in my room with my laptop watching Rick and Morty cartoons. Why am I having to clean the kitchen? I am okay with cleaning the bathroom because I use it. But for example, you have your own private bathroom and you don't make me clean it. Why do you make me clean the kitchen and clean the oven and the whole when I don't use it? That was one of my major gripes. Of, of my share accommodation.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, fair But enough.
1: But I also wanted to say that, unlike you, the second time I moved, because from there I moved to another place, and then I moved with my current partner together as roommates, but from my second place, I did another spare room. Uh, weirdly enough, I braved it again. And I lived in with my landlord, but it was the perfect stay, because she was like the manager in a pub. So she was never there. She arrived around like 6, 7 p.m. And by that time, I was already in my room. Even when she wasn't there, I was already... Like, that was... I guess that is one of the advantages of being an introvert nerd. I never did anything in the house. So I didn't mind that she was living there. I didn't mind that it was her living room or her fridge. Because I didn't do squat. I just stayed in the room. I did use the kitchen there because I managed to find a Sainsbury So I did have my, my food shopping. But basically, sure. my life was... You go to work, come back, stay in your room. Because my room was big enough. So I did some, like I worked out in my room a bit, then I stayed in the computer, I went to the kitchen, cook cooked dinner, had a shower, go back to my room, be in the internet again, go to sleep, rinse and repeat. So even though I was with my <laughs> landlord, it was a very good relationship because we pretty much stayed out of each other business and we, we when we saw each other, it was very civil. So that was good. But I remember, besides the accommodation, talking about arriving, I had a lot of culture shocks, for example, my English was in, was American English. So I told someone, like, oh, your pants are dirty. And uh, they're like, what do you mean my pants are dirty? I'm like, yeah, I think you sat on like bubble gum or something. And they're like, oh, my trousers. I'm like, oh, no, but your trousers are what goes on the inside. And they were like, yeah, no, not here. And also, I used to say like, oh, let's go to the elevator. And everyone was like, what? Or I was like, where is the, the trash can? Or can you close the faucet? Stuff like that. But the one that weirded me out the most is I was at work and someone says, Oh, I'm just going outside to bomb a fag. And I was in shock, mate. I was like, What? <laughs> what do you mean going outside to bomb a fag? Like, what? And they were like, No, no, no. I mean, smoke a cigarette. But in America, that has a completely different meaning. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, What? So that was one of the the major besides the food that I, I already spoke about in the previous episode i think language was the the bigger culture shock for me because again even though i knew english living in 24 7 english was tiring every sign on the street was english and again it, my brain wasn't used to it so i was really tired for like the first two three months of living in english language and also because i would never been to the states, only once when I was a kid. My I was in Mexican, uh, sorry, I was in Mexico and talking with other Mexicans, and I worked in call centers there. So the majority of the people I worked were deported Mexicans from the states. So they used <laughs> to, say, yeah. So they used to say the N word a lot to refer to each other. So I had it as a habit as well. So I remember arriving to the UK and being like, "You cannot say that word. It's not okay to say it. It's an insult. Don't say it, say it." Did you immediately say it? No, I never did, actually. I was very conscious. But I remember thinking, here, it's an insult. Like, it will be offensive. Don't say it. And also, I it I don't think it it's was... just
0: here that is an insult.
1: <laughs> no, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, actually, even in Mexico, I shouldn't say it. But obviously, I wasn't as aware of social issues at the time. And because everyone was saying it to refer to each other, for me, it was like a dude. Basically, it's like, hey, dude, yeah. what's up? And then I started realizing what exactly it meant. But I was more isolated. The internet wasn't as big, and I wasn't as aware of a uh, situation so i used i used to use it a lot because again it was in popular media all the time and my co-workers used to say it so it was part of my vernacular and here i was like no nope, no nope. so i guess the two bigger culture shots for me were food as i keep mentioning and i probably will mention again because that's still a downer and and language oh and a personal space here, I remember being like, I come close to hug everyone and everyone like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? You're too close. Like the personal space here, it, the circle of personal space is very wide. In Mexico, is tinier. You can get close to people without them getting offended. And here's like, you're in my area. And the second one, and this is a, a funny story, not the second one, the other one. This is a funny story. I remember the first time I went to a club night out because I just wanted to do something even though I don't go to clubs. I met a girl, and at the end of the night, she was like, okay, I'm gone. And I'm like, okay, cool. You want me to walk you to the bus station? Because that's what you do in Mexico, because it might be dangerous, whatever. And she (laughs) looked at me like if I was some weird, pervy guy. She was like, no, I'm a 23-year-old girl. I can walk on my own. I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. I was just trying to be polite. And again, I didn't know... That it was that different. For me, that is what you were supposed to do. You know, I was like, yeah, nice. let me just, I can walk you to the bus station. No, no worries. And also the humor. We used to take the piss out of each other in Mexico quite a lot. Like, for example, if I'm playing video games with my Mexican friends and someone is taking to in doing something, I'm gonna be like, what the heck are you doing? Stop swirling and shit, and come over. And here in the UK it's not as common to take the piss out you of think each other. So. Even with my friend no. my, my friends yeah, no man. No, like surely even with you not. guys. No, I
0: don't believe it. I don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so No, yeah. no, 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 no. here I've never been in a place where people take the piss out of each other as much as here in the UK.
1: No, but the thing is it's different. Like again, even with you guys when I'm playing when somebody's taking too long, we go like, come on, stop being distracted, something like that. In Mexico, we will say something like, yo, were you dropping your head? Why are you not moving? Like, believe me, it's very, very, like, different. Like, or banter, is very different. And you do it with people that you don't know, even in the street. That's how you get to know each other, by bantering. So, yeah, if you think this is, like, heavy banter, it's because you haven't been in Mexico, man.
0: Mm. I think i think it's probably more witty banter i think like from what you're describing the type of banter that you're used to is something a bit more direct a bit more raw than here i think i feel like one of the things that i feel here in the uk is that everything's kind of always co- coated in about three layers of sarcasm irony irony and just like subtleties and that you don't always get to fully appreciate what people are actually saying or how they're actually feeling because everything as i said is coated in layers so i think that might be the difference and 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 it's it's like sometimes here you're speaking to someone and someone could be offending you massively and insulting you massively and they don't really understand because you take things at face value Uh, it certainly happened to me It also depends
1: on on social strata, because for example, my partner, I take the the piss out of her all the time, and even my mom does, because again, that's how we interact. And at the beginning, she was really
0: being mean to everyone.
1: Yeah, kinda, Uh, but (laughs) but not for real. That that just we're just literally taking the piss. And at the beginning, my partner, she was really upset. She was like, "Why do you like keep insulting me?" I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm just joking. It's just a, a term of endearment." And she even sh- shared that with her family that we, that's how we interact. So when you're saying that here in the UK, people take the piss out of each other all the time, yes, it's they different. do. And again, the lads do it all the time and everything, but it does vary it and it's different. And basically, there's like a place to do it and a place not to do it, basically, right? Not in mm-hmm. Mexico. In Mexico, your boss will come and tell you, hey, wake up, stupid, what are you doing? Like, get yourself, put yourself together, or you're going to be in the street, like stuff like that, you know? Here, if you will say that, you will be like, "Why am I being harassed?" Stuff like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I would like to have that kind of attitude in Mexico. I'll be honest. <laughs> I much yeah, rather have Dewey Ity from Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but fair enough. Uh, but fair enough. And um, I. It's funny that you mentioned that in terms of the uh, bombing effect, in the sense that. Um, it was actually one of the things that kind of threw me off and I did know what it was so don't don't get me wrong. I didn't know the expression and everything I knew it from before but I do I, what I remember is I remember being on one of the uh, lawns in in Brighton and uh, there was this girl she was a teenager or something and she 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 came um, and she she was like, oh do you have a fag?" and I was like w- what?" and it kind of threw me off because i was like oh right okay i had to like kind of rewire my mind to go like okay this is acceptable um and then she she kind of knew she, like she she looked at us uh, to me and my girlfriend and she was like okay i'm clearly confusing these people and she was like do you have a cigarette and then we were like no 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 sorry we, we don't smoke and stuff um but yeah i remember having the same uh, the same um the, the same thoughts um but in terms of when I got here and uh, my personal culture shocks, I um, in, in Portugal we have a large culture of bakeries. Um, there's a bakery in every corner, there's you know fresh bread everywhere, everywhere. Uh, it's very common for your family your parents to get a fresh bread especially on the weekends and stuff like that and you know i always remember they're really 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 good uh they smelled really nice and it's amazing to wake up to that kind of smell um just on a, on a weekend morning or anything like that um but what i find really strange even to this day is that there really aren't any like specific bakeries here sure you've got your franchising bakeries like uh, patisserie and, and stuff like that um and you have some iron but they're always super expensive and they're always like very um hipster and stuff like that but in portugal it's just like it's just like having a pub here you know what i mean so yeah so, so bread is very
1: in ingrained into your culture
0: yes exactly mm. and uh, i remember not, not not just bread but any kind of you know baked baked goods mm-hmm. um like you go anywhere and it just how it just there's a lot of it um but what you what the uh british people have here is a lot a lot more chocolate just a lot more chocolate varieties than you had and i remember one that i really really liked uh, especially when i got here um, uh, that I haven't eaten in quite a while but which was like this club chocolate I don't know if you've mm-hmm. uh, have you ever had club chocolate no no um I quite enjoy it this is like these little bars and um, they're really really good these little bars of chocolate they come in like like five or six um uh, different ones and um, uh, yeah they're really really tasty uh, but yeah, yeah that's, that's what i that's what I remember and that's what I had at the time. Um, well, f-
1: I have some
0: other culture shocks, but those oh, yeah. are
1: more yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think those will be better when we mention of how we the how did we adapted to living here, you know, okay. like yeah, 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 yeah. So I do have more more other stories to to tell, but I think that is it's it's better if we leave it for its own thing. Cause believe me, there is quite the things there
0: yeah no absolutely and and here's other things I remember right so in Portugal it's quite common like there's a massive massive culture around shopping centers and I think in Italy for example is similar but there's a massive culture around shopping centers right every town has its own shopping center maybe two or three even and um, it's, it's like uh, and everyone goes to the shopping centers to to, uh, to buy stuff and here you have a lot of high street uh, uh, shops and everything and I, I found that really really nice and I remember because I worked at, we'll talk about it more in another episode but I worked a little bit in within the shopping center and i remember that like people outside they found it odd like why do you work in a shopping center as if like the idea of a shopping center is just so mass produced that people don't really like it especially here in brighton right in brighton you know there's a lot of alternative culture and anything that is too normalized like a shopping center people you know it's not the in thing it's not in to go to the shopping center whereas in portugal there's a massive culture around it so i remember that being very very different um, yeah, uh, well, that's that.
1: that's one of the things I wanted to mention, again, when we go into adapting to living here. Because for me, it's not just culture shock. It's just making a complete change of lifestyle because there's no malls here. Like, there's yeah. literally no malls. And I'm used to going to the malls for all my basic needs and having Seven Eleven corner shops that are open 24 hours and stuff like that. But I, I don't even think I can define that just as culture shock. It's just a completely different way of living, you know? That's yeah, why yeah, I didn't yeah, mention yeah. it in the snippets, because it's it's a complete 180 change.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I I agree, I agree, and it was the same for me. How did you, because I think this is more of a culture shock that you immediately see. Uh, in Mexico, you drive on the right. Um, yeah,
1: oh, if, I almost got run over several times.
0: Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I I don't think I did but i do remember i do remember having to think really hard about which way to look because obviously in here you have to look first to the right but when you're crossing the street but um back in portugal or back in countries where you drive on the right you have to look first to the left and it's a small little thing but it it it, it's it does become quite different and i think obviously that's why in in london and in other places as well you have uh right on the um uh, right on the the sidewalk yeah. yeah yeah saying which way you need to look and everything so yeah,
1: yeah. well it's funny that you mentioned because there's actually a lot of memes that say Mexican culture is looking both ways even if the street is just one side because you don't trust them so <laughs> yeah we we normally look both ways but still i do remember that it was quite a shock because i look both ways but my main idea was they're coming from this side so i look this way nothing coming look that way nothing's coming or i see someone and i think that they're going instead of coming and i remember a lot of times being like okay no wait 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 i'm hearing the because i crossed when it wasn't supposed to cross or waiting for the bus on the wrong side of the street because i like it's driving on the on the left so yeah that was also quite a thing to adapt to
0: yeah yeah exactly.
1: But not only that it, it, it's also boss timings like again it's i mean i guess it must be less strange from you because i'm assuming there's more similarities between portugal and london than mexico and london and again that is just Uh, me basing itself out of ignorance yeah Yeah, it's just me saying they're both in (laughs) europe they should be the same but it's like for example in mexico there's no time for the buses you just wait at the bus stop and a bus will not. like if it takes more than 10 minutes it's already weird because there's buses passing all the time there's no schedule for the buses uh, so you just get the bus and uh, it, It's a whole plethora of things man. It, it's really 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 different
0: mm. Yeah, I think then in Portugal we probably because if you do get the buzz every 10 minutes or so in Mexico Then that's actually pretty good because I think that in Portugal for example It kind of gets the opposite like the, the the bad mix of both. So you do have times for the buses it's just that the bus just doesn't follow those times none of the buses follow it uh, follow those times and they're consistently late or early so you you have the timetables, but you can never rely on them uh, which we which is obviously quite annoying um but when we're talking about obviously living here we've talked a little bit about uh when when we arrived those first struggles with the accommodation the the culture shocks our first impressions of being here so when talking broadly um what sort of struggles when you got here what did you struggle with how did you feel that you were missing something or what were your struggles well
1: my struggles were again the the humor people are more And again i know you're saying that everyone here is taking the piss and that's how it's portrayed in media too but here people are way more serious and don't get in my face and more cold in general we're way more open in mexico and yes we also have sarcasm we actually have a whole thing that it's basically uh, innuendo it's a whole language of innuendo and the more the less obvious you can make it the better and then everyone laughs because you said something dirty even though you didn't it's it's a whole thing that i'll i'll explain later it's called albur if you want to look it up it's a a whole thing i'll I'll put a a definition in the in the post of the episode so that people know what it is Uh, but that i struggled a lot seeing people and how people interacted and here, hear people, for example, I said hello to everyone on the streets. To this day, something this happens. I see someone, I'm like, good day. And instead of looking back and saying good day, they look at me like, why are you talking to me? Do you have an ulterior motive? Like, I don't know you. And basically, <laughs> I remember feeling that that song of the doors, people are strange where you're a stranger, applied a lot. It's like, why are people so cold and distant? In Mexico, if you arrive to a place that is like a taco stand, we have a word when you say before you eat which is not exactly but it basically is the same as bon appetit so if you arrive and there's people eating you say bon appetit to everyone even though they don't know you don't know them and they reply back they say oh bon appetit and here w- if what, arrive, what do you a,
0: actually say what do you actually say provecho ah provecho yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so that's, we say, ah, that's...
1: provecho and it's everyone says Portuguese. yeah everyone says aprovecho ah, here if you arrive to a burger stand and you say to everyone hey enjoy your meal they will like the what f- are you talking about man so <laughs> that was really weird for me
0: yeah I, I i gotta be honest if i was walking down the street and i saw someone coming up to me and going like oh hi hello or something not well not coming up to me because i don't think well yeah i don't walk up to, to people. people but
1: if we cross yeah. <laughs> in the
0: sidewalk i might
1: look at you and be like hey good day you know
0: yeah i would be like what the hell is is up with that guy did i do something i would look and i'm like do i have something on my shirt what is going on and i would be like oh wow that's weird though yes you uh, see, that's so what i, I mean th- like we're
1: we're <laughs> completely different we're like it, like you will see someone you'll be like hey how are you good day or for example if you see an old lady in the street struggling with her bags and they're your neighbor but you never spoken to them but you know they're your neighbor you might even go like you want to help with your bags and stuff like that
0: you know, um, I think I think there's a little bit of that here, but I, I, I agree with you. I think that in here people are generally quite more reserved um, than anywhere else. It's kind of everyone minds their own business, and uh, you know I, 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 I don't dislike it. No, I don't dislike. Me it. I like that people mind. A, it is very different. It is very different. Uh, I remember that. Um, i and i think it, it might have been similar to you because you've already touched on this a, a little bit but uh, uh, my struggles had to do with money essentially because uh, i had the money as i said to in uh, the previous episode um, to do my uh, my degree but i had to find a job and it was hard it was hard until i found a job and we'll, we'll touch on that on another episode but it was hard until i found a job and it was hard as well in terms of expectations you know i had the expectations that you know, I would get here, and I would start uh, doing a job fairly soon, and it could be in the area that I was already doing because I had some office experience in Portugal. Uh, so I thought, oh, you know, surely I'll go there and I'll find an office job in a month or two, and um, and it'll be fine. Uh, and turns out that things aren't quite like that. And I, I don't think it's because I was a foreigner. I think it was. Uh, some you know quite a lot of factors mixed into one the fact that i was young the fact that i came uh, because i was foreigner but not not because people looked at me differently but more because i came from a different culture and i had different expectations that i didn't know how to 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 do things here and again we'll talk about it more in a different episode but for example uh, just as a quick example uh, in portugal you always add uh, it's it's very common to add your picture to your CV, and here it's completely Same. unheard of. Like Same. if you add if you add your picture, if you add your picture, you're a weirdo. It's like yes. what are you trying to do? Are you trying to get an advantage, or are you what are you trying to do by adding your picture? Like, uh, or maybe you think too much of yourself. And coming here and going to find a job and sending your CV with a picture because not knowing the differences and people and people and like not getting any interviews and looking back and thinking. Like my CV was completely unacceptable in terms of the uh, the UK standards, and it was okay for Portugal, but not for the UK. Um, so I remember struggling a, a little bit with the expectations on the job, uh, on the education as well, uh, in terms of uh, what was you know what I had to do for for the um, uh, for the degree, and uh, I I remember struggling with that a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No, the
1: same. I actually had to. I didn't have that struggle, but I, it's because I I searched it up. I'm like, UK CVs. And I remember saying, like, don't put your picture because it might lend itself to discrimination. So companies don't want to hire you if they know how you look because then they will say that they had a bias. And so I had to take yeah. my picture away. But in Mexico, it's so much, it's even expected. Like on the, when you see a job application, it says... One of the requirements is always good presentation, so they yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so they want to know that you look decent.
0: Yeah, precisely, precisely, and there's a lot of differences like that. And I think I think you know I was I was young. I came here when I was twenty-two, and I think that I, I was very naive at the time in certain things and i think one of the things that i was naive on and um was that i was going to get here and i I, only, I just thought that things were going to be easier than they turned out to be and don't get me wrong i'm quite happy where i am now and it was quite a journey and i as i said earlier i still can't believe some of the things that i went through and and i'm quite glad where i am but i certainly was a bit naive and a bit arrogant that everything was just going to go much better than they are than it actually did it was a bit of a a harder uh, journey than i thought it was going to be and i I, you know i just check it down to being younger um i guess that's the advantage of growing up you get old but at least you can always justify how you were by saying that you were just younger and inexperienced yeah young and stupid (laughs) yeah 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 i guess that's a more direct way of talking about it definitely young and stupid (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. but i think we're delving into topics that with they can be an episode on their own so I think it's absolutely and they will be and yeah so I think it's a good idea to to cut it here what do you think
0: I agree I agree I think that uh, let's leave those experiences and we'll talk about them a little bit more I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about in these topics and I'm looking forward to it
1: yeah exactly it's it's proper fun I really really liking this sometimes I even forget that we're like recording it's just passing time along having a chat you know so I'm really liking it I'm enjoying it and I'm glad you're doing it too And I hope that if we have listeners, they're doing it as well. And then eventually we'll even get like feedback and notes and and subjects you want us to touch about. So thank you so much for for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it. Our social medias are going to be listed below. Basically everything is going to be with the handle foreigners and fathers. I have a Twitch. I sometimes stream when my little baby allows me to. It's (laughs) mariachi viking on Twitch. So if you want to pass around that that'll be cool and for my part that that'll be all do you want to say something else friend
0: no no that's all thank you very much uh thanks for your company again bruno uh thanks for the company of anyone that is listening to this right now and uh, we'll see you next episode
1: excellent thank you thank you goodbye